I can say 70% of cars are using our technology. That is good. But I can also say seven out of 10 cars that are passing through your street are using our technology. So every time you go to your window, you take a look outside, seven out of 10 cars are using our technology. And, and that is more powerful, more visual. Yes, I, I can see myself in my windows looking at the cars and saying, oh man, seven out of 10, seven out of 10. We need anchors for the numbers. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the World of Presentations podcast brought to you by Asset Presentation Agency 350s. 356 laps. All right. My name is Boris. Uh, I'm the founder of the company. And today with us, we have a colleague of ours from our industry. Uh, his name is Daniel Hiros. And Daniel is, by the way, first of all, Daniel, we are trying to do this podcast for so long uh, and to schedule this podcast for so long. It's embarrassing. Let's just start there. Now, just to introduce you first, before we jump into the topic, Daniel is, an, uh, Daniel is based in Uruguay. I have never been there. Uh, and he's an expert in public speaking, storytelling, and nonverbal communication. Uh, he, by the way, works also with a friend of ours who was speaker at our conference twice now, uh, Mark Bolden, who is one of the absolute best people in the world of uh, in the world of nonverbal communication. And today, with Daniel, we decided that we are going, or he is going to be telling us. Uh, are telling you uh, how to present data in the most effective way, right? That's the topic for today's episode. Daniel, welcome to the podcast, finally. Hey, thank you for having me. And yeah, it's been a while, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it is okay. Yeah. At the end of the day, we made it happen. So it's fine. It yeah. is fine. So before we jump into the topic of visual of communicating data in the best possible way, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up being a public speaker, uh, coach, a story, uh, being involved in storytelling, being involved in the topic and just consulting so many organizations and people in nonverbal communication and for nonverbal communication? How did you end up in the presentation space? Well, like many others, I come from journalism. And okay. I've been involved in journalism for like 10 years, first online, after that radio, television, IPTV, and to be honest, I got tired and bored from the news, like everything was changing and never changing at all. And one day I discovered a book about public speaking, about Steve Jobs and many others. and. It was like, all right, I can do this. I like this. I see myself doing this. So I study a lot. And finally, I have my first client. And we were both extremely disappointed. <laughs> Why is that? Well, because at the beginning, you know, you're not that good. Yeah. And, but you have to start somehow. This was like seven, eight years ago, probably seven. And after that, well, I had to learn a lot more. I traveled a lot for this. I studied with Mark and some other gurus, people that it's really cool and really 
willing to share their knowledge. That is something mm. I, I appreciate. People who knows and people who wants to share. So eventually it got a lot better, a lot better, a lot better. And I'm in love now with what I do, seeing people's transformation, people pushing boundaries, sharing ideas in the best possible way. And all that I can say is that I, I'm happy with this. I love helping people and learning from them because I, I think you know this. Uh, when we are working with some people, different industries, you get to learn from them a lot. Of course. You're learning about green energy and one month later you're learning about uh, paper. Yeah. It, it, it's something I will never learn in any other way. So I love it. Yeah, it is indeed true. I mean, with our customers every single day, it's just a different industry, a different communication problem that we need to be working on. And just even, even if you don't want to learn so much about the world around you, you have to. You just have to. But that makes it so, so interesting indeed. Daniel, let's yes. talk about data. A Let's lot of people numbers, yes. Yeah, a lot of people are presenting data, or at least they have some data that needs to be presented in one way or the other. However, most of the times when they end up presenting data, it seems like the audience gets bored. What yes. can someone do? What do you advise your customers to do when they are presenting data? Yes, if you ask people at the very beginning, when I meet someone, they go, oh, I, I'm, I'm okay with what you do. I love what you do. I see myself using your public speaking tools. But, you know, I'm a numbers person. I mm. convey, I present numbers all the time with complex dashboards. What, what can I do? And there's a lot you can do. Today, I think uh, I'm going to share with you at least five techniques to make numbers better, to make them powerful. How, first of all, stories. And yes, here we go again with the stories. Daniel, you mm. hear the stories. But let me tell you this. People, it's more likely to remember numbers when you frame them inside a story put a number in a story and they will remember this 20 more times it's not that i'm saying this it's jerome brunen from harvard university 20 more times so remember the story no one ever ever got motivated by a powerpoint no one mm. left the room saying well that powerpoint got my blood pumping. No, it's the story. So put the number in the story and people will remember. So that's the first thing that I can say. Number one. Yes. Okay, number, number one. one. You, you said more or less five or at least five. Let's go with number two now. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I trust a lot in ratios over mm. percentage. Okay. Right? 
especially when we're talking about people or certain objects. This is what I mean. I can say 70% of cars are using our technology. That is good. But I can also say seven out of 10 cars that are passing through your street are using our technology. So every time you go to your window, you take a look outside, seven out of 10 cars are using our technology. And, and that is more powerful, more visual. Mm. Yes, I, I can see myself in my windows looking at the cars and saying, oh man, seven out of 10, seven out of 10. We need anchors for the numbers. I, I still remember when we used to remember all of our friends' phone numbers and birthdays. Okay. Remember? Probably you're too yeah. young. But yeah, no, you, I remember numbers, by the way. For yes. numbers, at least for, uh, at least for numbers that you can go home. Yeah, I mean, I remember that moment in time. Uh, that kind of number, I remember. Mobile phones? Mm, no. I don't remember the numbers. Not anymore. Because we know that we can go to Google or we can go to the phone uh, and we have all the information there. So we're not that good anymore at that. But with images, we're still very good. So plant an image in people's mind and they will remember you. All right. What about, what about, uh, what about like every single time when someone presents data, and I believe that everyone who is involved in present uh, in coaching people around public speaking or storytelling on or whatever related to presentations, every single time we have to mention the word credibility. Uh, when we talk about data, credibility is for sure something that is kind of important. So, how do we make the numbers or the data that we have credible? Okay. Here are two ways of doing this. First of all, name the exact exact source of your information. Mm. All right. Let's say, uh, well, for example, let, let's talk about my partner, uh, Mark Bowden. You can say Mark Bowden wrote that you need to suspend judgment to evaluate a behavior. And that is cool that, that it's all right. But you can also say, if you go to Mark's Bowden book, Truth and Lies, chapter 32, paragraph number one, you will read the next sentence. Scan the situation, suspending judgment. So why I'm spending energy and time talking about chapter 32, paragraph one, well, there's nothing more than credibility. You know, probably the audience will think, uh, the man knows. I mean, he read the book. He's quoting the exact place where I can find that sentence. And this is something I teach during my open workshops. And one guy once told me that, once told me that his history teacher used to do this all the time, mm. all the time. So one day, 
they decided to check it out. <laughs> and of course, he was lying. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, of course. But he was always said, if you go to page number 34, you'll find this story. But it wasn't there. But it, it gained him some credibility for a while. So that's one way that you can do it. Other okay. one, other one is saying the exact number for certain things. Let's say the Gettysburg Address. Abraham Lincoln, Gettysburg Address. A lot of people know this by heart. And you can say, well, it took him less than two minutes to make and deliver uh, an epic speech. But you can also say that Abraham Lincoln used 272 words to deliver that speech, 272 words. You know the exact number, so you build credibility by doing this. Common sense here, you don't need to say the exact number for every figure you're trying to communicate, right? Just right. one or two things, that it's enough. You yep. build your credibility, you don't need more than that. Yeah, these are very good ones for sure. Let's go back. Let's go back very quickly to the tips around presenting data. So you already named, I believe, two, right? So what else do we have? Because I think that I think that also in our initial conversation and in our emails we exchanged some other ideas, and I really want your audience to hear them out because they are really practical and can be applied, I would say, immediately. Like right now in your presentations yeah. what else that is what i try to do I, I try to deliver practical things that you can use right away and round numbers round numbers are good because okay. we are wired to think in round numbers if you're going to say six thousand eight hundred ninety apples you might as well say seven thousand but you cannot always do this. Mm. Sometimes you have to say the exact number. I, I, I think you agree on this one. You know, of it. course, yeah. there are there are some specific cases I think where this rounding could be a problem for some audiences. But I think that this is something that we should leave to our listeners to kind of judge and say, okay, wait a minute, based on who my audience is, can I round the number, right? Is that going to call, will they miss the message or will the message be different if I round it compared to if I don't and tell them the exact number? Because if it's so, hmm, maybe, maybe we need to be very, very careful there. Audience, it's the most important part of presentations, right? Correct. Yeah. If, if we want to get technical, I would say... The, the mental process running through your audience mind, it's the most important part of your presentation. To make it simple, what are they thinking? So saying always do this or never do that, it's, a, it's kind of a dangerous advice. It depends on your public. But I tell you one exact 
case where you should never run numbers. Mm. And it is when we're speaking of dead people. Okay. Okay, if you are working in a company, there's been an accident, terrible accident, and 35 people die, you should never say around 30 people die today on this yeah. accident. So that people that is something that we learned through COVID-19 too, watching the news the exact number of people because every life counts so yeah. don't run there numbers to, to, the to dead people yeah interesting i have never never thought about this but indeed like there is always an exception to any rule out there indeed <laughs> all right all right what else exceptions or run numbers well let's talk about frames how you frame a number can make it stick in people's mind. Let's talk okay. about this. A couple of months ago, I was training uh, a company that works with information, technology, and finance. And they were about to deliver a presentation about how to save money, how to save money. And the thing is, you need to save money in small things. You can bear, you can control when you uh, invest in something pricey, expensive, but it's a little money that sometimes makes the difference and you don't even know. And how do we prove that point? How do we anchor the point? Well, it seems that one of the women in that stuff had a thing for coca-cola she needed okay. that coca-cola every single day at noon and the curious thing is when we did the math we realized that 10 days every year she works exclusively to buy her little bottle of coca-cola 10 days every year. So how can we start a presentation now, now that we know this? Well, it will be like this. What would you do if you have 10 more days of vacations? Where would you go? Who would you spend it with? Today, you can learn how to get another extra 10 days and then you can play with the numbers but one coca-cola mm. it's nothing how about the coca-colas for the whole year and how about translating this into vacation stays mm. uh, that is something they will remember and let me quote here an excellent book on this it's making numbers count Yep. from Chip Heath and Carla Starr. Uh, Chip Heath is co-author of uh, Made to Stick, a very good presentations book. And he quotes Charles Fisherman. And this is, this is the example. Buying a bottle of Avian water, it's 
3,970 times more expensive than filling the bottle from your faucet. 3,970 times more expensive. It's kind of hard to remember that. Yeah. But this is the translation. In San Francisco, municipal water comes from inside Yosemite National Park. It's so good that the EPA doesn't require San Francisco to filter it. If you bought and drank a bottle of Evian, you could refill that bottle once a day for 10 years, 5 months, and 21 days with San Francisco tap water before the water will cost you $1.35. See what I mean? Yeah. 10 years of tap water. Oh, Lord. Can you hear the dog? Oh, yeah. We also have one. We can bring that one too <laughs> and see what happens. No worries. Let's go. Let's go. Come here. Hey. There we go. Does so, he know something all day? <laughs> 10 years of tap water equals one bottle of avian water. That is a tr translation so visual, so beautiful that you will remember. Yeah. 3,950, I mean, we're not wired to deal with big figures. I mm. mean, you may know how rich Elon Musk is. I mean, you know the number, but you cannot sense it till until you translate it into something that you can relate to. Yep. And that's the magic, that's the power of frames. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see we also advise our customers and we push them every single time or when there is some number that otherwise the audience won't be sure about or won't be like, is that a lot? Is that not a like? How much is it? I remember the last time we had a case like this, we had uh, a customer who is building some of those raw, um, those foods that are with raw materials. They're otherwise sweet, but they're um, bio and all of that stuff. And they were describing uh, the fact that uh, they use like more than three tons of raw material to build those for a an year. And I was like, okay, so three tons, is that a lot? Is it like, is it a lot? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I don't know. And they're like, the founder of the company told me, imagine, right, a train composition of more than 40 wagons filled in only with our raw materials. That's the amount of raw material we need to build our small, delicious things. I was like, wow, okay. Wow. Now, now I can imagine it like that is crazy. Like that is insane. Having in mind how big the product is in terms of market size, having in mind that those small uh, waffles are like they're super small. I was like, wow, that is a lot. When you put it into a frame or as some, as some data experts say into context, it's like, wow, it's a completely different story indeed. Indeed. Yes. Of course, I can see that. And then 
you gotta be careful with your delivery. Mm. What I mean, if you say everything in the same tone, if you're not dynamic, if you don't put your accent in that number you want them to remember, yeah. you're losing a beautiful chance. Let's say it's 10 years of top water. You can go and say, it's 10 years of top water, or you can say, it's 10 years of yep. your regular top water. That's how much is it? 10 years. And one of my coaches, it's the great Craig Valentine. I learned mm. a lot from him. And he always said something that it's, it's great. I, I think it's, it's very good on how to be dynamic. And he told me, if you're, if you're trying to be dynamic all the time, you're not longer dynamic. So yep. there's a moment to speak quietly, peacefully, in order to highlight that very moment that you really need. But if you're trying all the time too hard to sound yeah. powerful, it's like nothing. You're not powerful anymore. You're just trying to scream all the time. And Craig Ballantyne knows a lot about this. He's, he's a reference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we need to make sure that we get him on the podcast at some point. Oh, uh, because yes. we still, we, we uh, still didn't have him here. So I think if we are able to get him, I think our audience will also love that episode for sure. Daniel, yes. tell us where people can find more about what you are doing and what is the best social media network where people can connect with you? Well, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Instagram. You can find me basically anywhere in on instagram okay. i post things every day but not about my private life and th this is what i mean by this i don't think that people are interested in what i have for breakfast or if i travel I i'm not that yeah. interesting you know so every everything i post every day it's about communication brilliant Nice. Every day about communication, every day tools that you can use right away. Yep, that's nice. I'm going to make sure that um, I, I already put some notes here for the person who is going to edit this out. Uh, she will find your, uh, she will find and link your LinkedIn and Instagram profiles in the show notes or in the description. So everyone, right. make sure that uh, you follow uh, you follow uh, Daniel on Insta. And also you reach out to him on LinkedIn uh, because he is super open to communicate and share his ideas and thoughts with everyone. So just reach out to him. All right. Just oh, reach wow. out to him. Yes. Daniel, 26 minutes already yeah. and did at least five or six super practical tips around data. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This was, this was super cool. <laughs> this was super nice. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We need to do this again at some point. Everyone, yes. uh, let us know in the comments. This is the first time I'm asking for something like this. By the way, Daniel, this is episode 110 from the World of Presentations podcast. That's a lot, by the way. Yeah. Everyone, this is the first time I'm asking. In the sh in the, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're consuming this on uh, because you saw a link on LinkedIn or somewhere else, what 
Let us know in the chat, or oh, in the chat, in the comments. <laughs> there is no chat here. <laughs> but let us know in the comments which tip that Daniel just shared with you is the one that you are going to try first. All right. Let's see what happens here. We are definitely going to monitor all of the channels and let's see what ends up happening there. Which one are you going to try first? Okay. Thank you everyone for joining us. Subscribe to the podcast if you still haven't. And you know what else you need to do. Just like, comment, uh, share, do the magic that you need to do uh, to support uh, this one. And see you in the next one. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks, Daniel.